Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Just wonder, have you ever experienced an unexpected circumstance that was out of your control that you didn't understand? And it brought hurt and pain, loss, anxiety, fear to you? Have you ever had that happen? Well, most of us have, okay? And all of us will. That's just the fact. The Bible says that the Lord rains down. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. So, in other words, none of us are... None of us are... um, uh, a miss from being able to have the rain come upon us. And even this week, we've had some difficult times. You know, we, you know, we, we sent down a team to Houston, and they came back reporting literally there are people that literally lost their entire house, everything they own. And most of the people did not have flood insurance. And so it is a very difficult thing. And you see just the devastation that has happened. And even right now in Florida, what's going on, we still don't know what's going on, what's going to happen there. And we're praying in Jesus' name for his hand. But the bottom line is there are things that are happening. It's raining on the just and the unjust. And people people have lost lives, lost family members, lost everything they've owned. You know, through these storms, it's an unexpected, uncontrolled event in their life. This week in our staff meeting, uh, we had a couple of prayer requests. One was by Pastor Tyler, and Pastor Tyler was sharing uh, about a church in Fort Worth that he's connected with. And, and um, the, the mother of the house there has been a mighty woman of God for decades Walking in the power of the Lord, walking in the power of the Spirit, seeing God do phenomenal things, being faithful, raising her family, raising the church. And uh, she had had a diagnosis of cancer, and, and they'd been praying and believing. I'm sure they were fasting, praying, having all night meetings for this, for this healing to happen. And it happened, but it just happened in heaven. And so today we have a sister church in Fort Worth that's grieving and they're hurting and they're struggling. One of our interns, as in our as our staff meeting, as we were praying, we were reminded one of our interns lost one of her dear friends to an overdose this week that she grew up with. We're praying for that family. We're praying for those who are hurting. These are unexpected things that come out of come to us out of our control we don't know sometimes how to handle these things how are we to deal with these things how do we get our heads wrapped around this stuff is it okay for us to not understand i mean is it okay for us to not understand at all yeah i've learned over the years that there are some things that are just god problems they're just god problems I understand they affect us. I understand that we're struggling, but the bottom line is they're just God problems. A God problem is a big problem that is out of our control usually, and it's something that we don't understand. And it comes to us. And we're like, what's going on? This is a surprise attack. I wasn't expecting this. I didn't plan for this. This is painful. This is loss. This brings fear to me and uncertainty. 
See, it's a God problems. God problems. God problems, you need to understand, always must be solved by God. God problems are to be solved by God. You see, that's why I call them God problems. Otherwise, I'd call them man's problems. But they're God's deal. God also does not need our help. Hello. Come on now. Because we want to help God, don't we? Because in our minds, we're like, well, this doesn't seem right, and this doesn't seem right, and we're going to do this, and we're, and we're just trying to figure it all out, and, and we're going to help God along. God doesn't need help. He's all right. He's all right. He doesn't need our help. And do you understand that? I also need you to understand, even before we go any further, we need to remember that God, no matter what's going on with you, no matter what's going on with you right now, Remember, God is still God, and you are still man. Are you understanding that? There's only one God in the house, okay? There's only one God that can deal with God problems, and we are not that God. The, and the reason is because when we start trying to solve God problems, guess what happens? We get jacked up, don't we? Some of the people that are the most hurt, jaded, some of the people that are the, the, the ones that walking in least victory in their life are some of the people who will not let things go. They will not let God deal with God's problems. They're going to solve it themselves. They think there's so much. We think we're so smart. We think that we're going to have to get all this figured out. Some things we're just not going to figure out. That's why they're God problems. And so today I want to talk to you about God problems, all right? You know, in the Bible we see that when Jesus was arrested and when, when he was crucified, God had 11 disciples that were distraught. He had 11 disciples that were confused, 11 disciples that were afraid, 11 disciples that were disappointed. Could you imagine? You've been walking with Jesus. He's been teaching you. He's been training you for three years. It's go time and he dies. We had disciples that were hopeless. They had no idea what to do except run. About seven years ago, with a young mother in her early 30s, young mother and wife in her early 30s, and, uh, and she was at our church and one of our faithful members of our church. And you know, everybody loved this woman, loved her family. And uh, remember, her husband took her to the hospital because she was sick. And so they rehydrated her, gave her antibiotics, sent her back home. And he called me up and said, Pastor, she's still not doing well. I said, well, let me come over. And I went over there. And we prayed for her. And, and, um, and so I left. And literally within a couple of hours, he called the ambulance to come get her because she was doing so badly. And, and the ambulance took her. And so by the time I got the phone call... That he was up at the hospital. She was up at the hospital, that, and I got the phone call, and it said she's in cardiac arrest. I'm like, "What? Are you kidding? What?" So I am, you know, beeline to the hospital, and I rush to the hospital. I get up there just in time to have the family all around and some friends, and the doctor walk out and say, "She didn't make it. She didn't make it." You talk about brokenhearted. You talk about a God problem. 
I remember Dustin and Jamie came up, and I was there, and a few of our members of our church, and you know, we just felt like, you know, if Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, why can't? And and, and he says we can do greater things than even he did. Let's just believe. And so we went around that dead corpse, that that lovely lady. And we laid hands on her and we prayed and we cried out to God and she's still in heaven. You see, that's a God problem, isn't it? It's a God problem. Or, you know, I don't understand why my, one of my best friends, his daughter gets pregnant out of wedlock. And his other daughter, who got married, can't conceive. I don't understand that. That's a God problem. For us, that makes sense, right? God, if I'm God, okay, okay, close this one, open this one. It's easy, right? I don't know. It's a God problem. It's a God problem. We don't understand it. Two Mother's Days ago, Dustin's aunt, sweet, sweet aunt, his mother's sister, was here, and, and, he, and she and Dustin tag team and taught and talked about the victory of God and, and how God had healed her from cancer and the battles that she went through over years and years and years. And, and literally by the next Mother's Day, she was with Jesus. I want you to understand that's a family that believes in the power of prayer. That's a family that believes in divine healing. That's a family that did not, did not skimp in any way. That's a family that crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, and unfortunately for us on earth, not for her, she got her healing in heaven. I don't understand that. What is that? It's a God problem. It's a God problem. But these problems, we have a difficult time, don't we, church? We have a difficult time. We, we're here, many people today, right now, you've had loss, you've had hurt, you, you, you're struggling right now, those who are watching online, we have people that are hurting and struggling, and you're dealing with this stuff, and it's just, it's God problem. I want to help you walk through how to, how to walk through God problem when they come to you. I want to assure you of a few things before we begin. First of all, and you just need to hear this, okay, and I even wrote it down, God problems does not mean that God is having problems. God's okay. Okay? God's in control. He hadn't lost control of the world or the universe. Okay? He, 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 he's still advancing the kingdom of God. God is not confused. He is okay. Okay? They're not... He's not actually having problems. But I call them God problems... Because it's we, it's us having problems dealing with life situations that we don't understand. And when it comes down to it, we can only do a limited amount of things dealing with these God problems, okay, without just turning them over to Him. And I'm going to walk you through a few steps, a few things of how we need to posture our spirit when we walk through God problems. I want to say this right now. I understand that there are people hurting. There are people struggling. There are people that have had loss. 
There are people that are hurting. There are people that literally have had tragedy. People have lost everything they've owned that are, that are watching us today online. And people who right here in our seats, you've lost loved ones. You've had diagnosis. You're struggling. You've lost relationships. You've gone through divorces. There's separations. Your parents have divorced. There's a lot of stuff just in this room. And those by listening online. A lot of stuff. And I'm just going to tell you this. I want you to know this. God loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about you. you he, he, the Bible even says that he bottles the tears that you cry. That's how mindful he is of his children that are hurting. Now, I don't understand why he just doesn't solve all of our problems, okay? I can go into a deeper probably and deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that all today. But what I will say is that he loves us and he hasn't forgotten about one of us. Three things this morning I want to touch bases with you. I want to help you remember when you're going through difficult times, when you're going through God problems, I want there's three things to remember. Let me just say this. Either you're going through a God problem or you're going to go through a God problem. So if you're going through a God problem, I know you already got your pen out. You're right. I mean, you're, you're taking notes. But those who aren't, and you're living high on the hog right now, that's okay. It, the, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, and we'll get that too. So write this down, okay? Put it, title it God problem, and you'll be ready, okay? All right? Because there's three things, posture, spiritual postures that we need to take. First of all, we need to remember that we don't see the big picture. We don't have the big picture. I do want to remind you that God is pretty big. He is a big God, and I'm going to also remind you that we are really small. God's big, we're small, all right? We're not going to fully understand God in His ways. We're just not. As a matter of fact, God has not even, He has not promised us that we're going to understand Him in His ways. Also, you need to know that He has written He's given a, written and given us 66 books to go into the Bible, right? The made of the Bible. He's also given us the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, all right? So we have the Bible and we have the Holy Spirit. And he gives us a lot of revelation through those things. But I want you to know something. If we think that our God is limited to 66 books in the Bible and what we know of God and our Holy Spirit, then we're smoking something, man. I mean, it's just, <laughs> seriously, come on. It's just, it's just, I believe the word, and the word is perfect. It's right. He's given us everything that we need in the word of God and the Holy Spirit to live a life that's pleasing to God. We have that revelation, but we don't have all revelation. We don't have it. And remember, we don't see the big picture. He sees the big picture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. It says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, for our knowledge is fragment, fragmentary and incomplete. Our knowledge is, we have little fragments of knowledge, and it's incomplete. For now we see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection 
a riddle, an enigma. If you think about a, you might have gone into an old antique place and there's a mirror and it's all rusted up and it's brown and it's got cracks all in it. And you sit there and you're like, is that me in that mirror? Okay. You know, you're like, I can't do my mascara, you know. I can't work on that unibrow that I've been working on, you know. I can hardly even see that it's a person. I just know because of the movement. That's what it's seeing through a glass dimly. God sees clearly. Okay. We see through the glass dimly. It says, but then when the time of the perfection comes, we will see reality. Jesus face to face. Now I know in part. Just in fragments, this is the Word of God, we know in part, just in fragments, but then I will know fully, when Jesus comes again, we'll know fully, because we see Him face to face, just as I have been fully known by God. Mark Francie, I've been thinking about a particular illustration for years, and I would say it, and then when Mark Francie used the illustration, I brought his illustration and my illustration, and I came up with this statement. The knowledge and understanding gap between you and God... The knowledge and understanding gap between us and God is larger than between you and an ant. You think about if there was an ant right there, okay? If there was an ant right there and and we see the ant, you know, the ant has no idea that I can just step on that ant. The ant has no idea that that ant's on the stage. That ant is is in a church. That ant is in Texas. That ant is on the earth, that ant is, there's galaxies. That ant knows nothing about that. All that ant knows is what that ant does. Okay? And I've always thought about that. I'm going to say it again. The knowledge and understanding gap between us and an ant, okay, is, is larger than, is smaller than between us and God. That's how big God is. You see, God sees the big picture, and he really does not have to explain the big picture to us. Well, that's not right. I need that. I, really? You do? You want fair? We don't want fair. I, I'm not asking for fair with God. I'm asking for mercy. I don't, want, I don't want fair. I want nothing to do with fair. I want his mercy on me. Multiple times have I stood at the casket of a baby or a three-year-old or a young mother or a father. Or, you know, and I sit there and I, I'm, I'm preaching the service and the congregation is looking at me and they're asking me why. And I know they're asking me why. And as the man of God, I'm looking at God and I'm saying, God, why? Why? And more times than not, I go to, I hear Deuteronomy 29, 29 from the Lord. It says, for the secret things belong to God. They're just some secret things. There's some mysteries. There's some things that belong to God that we're just not going to understand. Remember, we don't see the big picture. Secondly, remember, it's not about our will. It's about his will. Okay, you have to understand, it's about building his kingdom, not about building our kingdom. I understand that we think we're all that, and honestly, the world does revolve around each and every one of us, okay, in our own minds. 
I, I understand it's so hard to get out of that, isn't it? I'm just, I, get, I sometimes just get so sick of myself. It's like, could you just get out of that, you know? Could you not be in the center of everything? Just remember, this world, this life, your life, it's not about you. It's about the advance of the kingdom of God. Now, I understand God loves us individually. He cares for us. He makes us feel special and, it, and all that. And he does make us feel unbelievably warm to know he's forgiven us. And he, we are the apple of his eye and all that. But just don't mistake that kind of love with knowing that there's a mission that God has. And it's a mission to advance the kingdom of God. Now, we get to be part of that mission but when we start focusing all on ourselves, then we miss out. That's right. We get jacked up. I remember Jesus in the garden, you know, sweating drops of blood because he knew what was getting, getting ready to happen on the cross. All the pain, all the agony. But even more so, he knew that his sinless soul that had never been separated from God the Father was getting ready to have the sins of this world, all our past, present, and future sins, nailed, placed upon him and nailed to the cross. And he was going to be separated for a time being because of our sin. He knew that. He was anguishing. He was struggling. He was sweating drops of blood. And this is what he said, Father, if you're willing to remove this cup of divine wrath from me, Father, if you're willing, remove it. Remove it from me. Yet, not my will, but always yours be done. Most of us have prayed the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We should never pray that prayer again without understanding we're bowing to the will of God. Our will is bowing to the will of God. And that's what the scripture says. That's what we need to do. When we are approached and confronted with God problems, we've got to bow to the will of God. How are you going to respond when those God problems come your way? How are you going to? Let's look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's a mouthful. All right, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. He says, then they said, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. But, but, even if he does not, we want you to know, just for the record, we want you to know, King, that we're not going to serve your gods. We're not going to worship the image of gold that you've set up. God is able. But even if he chooses not to, are we going to still serve him? Are we still going to trust him? Are we going to understand it's not our will be done, but it's his will be done? Job in the Bible, I hate to preach on Job. For obvious reasons, all right? I mean, he loses everything. It's just bad. And I understand he got everything back. And I just soon not go through it. I don't want the Job experience, all right? I just don't, okay? 
But Job lost everything. He lost his health, lost his wife, lost his children. Sounds like a country song. And so he lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost everything. His friends looked at him. The only thing he still had left was his life, the breath that came out of his mouth. And his friends said, hey, Job, go ahead right now with your mouth. Go ahead and just curse God. Go ahead and curse him and die. See, that's what the enemy's saying to some of you right now. The only thing you have left in your mind right now is breath. And the enemy's saying, go ahead and curse God and die. You got suicidal thoughts, and I'm telling you right now that Job decided, he said, no, I am not going to take my own life. I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to die. And we know what he says. Though he slay me. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep trusting. No matter how big God's problem is, I'm going to keep trusting. No matter how much we've lost, I'm going to keep trusting. No matter how hurt that we are, how much we cry, I'm going to keep trusting him. Though you slay me, we're going to trust you, Lord. We're going to trust you, Lord. We're going to trust you, Lord. We're going to trust you. My heart wells up for people who are hurting today. And I know you're on the verge. I know you're struggling. But the Lord today is calling you to say, not my will, but thy will. You see, God says, cast your care on me because I care for you. Hillary Scott from Lady Antebellum, she put out a faith-based album this past year. And her top song on that was titled, Thy Will. It says, I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think. I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan. When I try to pray, all I've got is hurt. And these four words, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Second verse. I know you're good, but this don't feel good right now. And I know you think of things I could never even think about. It's hard to count it all joy, distracted by the noise, just trying to make sense of all your promises. Sometimes I got to stop. Remember that you're God and I'm not. I know you see me. I know you hear me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. Thy will be done. Like a child on my knees, all that comes to me is thy will be done. Remember, it's about his will, not ours. Thirdly, remember that the Lord will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. No matter how big God problem you're dealing with, He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He never promises that we won't go through pain. He never promises that we won't go through trials. He never promises that we won't suffer. As a matter of fact, His word promises us that we will. But in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the storms, He promises, I'll never leave you or forsake you. 
Hebrews 13, 5, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Isaiah 43, 2, when you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, who's going through the river of difficulty this morning? You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, who's going through the fire this morning? You will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Let me tell you something. God has not abandoned you. He loves you. He cares for you. He bottles your tears. Let God deal with God problems. Give them to him. Let him take them. You can't handle them. We're not built to handle God problems. He's not abandoned us. He's not forsaken us. year and a half ago, my mother, who's 85 now, or will be in October, she had a stroke. She lost in the stroke uh, literally the whole right side of her body. Um, she couldn't walk, couldn't feed herself, couldn't get ready. My dad, after, after going through rehab for about a month, my dad took her home by himself. My dad's 85. He is driven. He loves and has a passion for his girlfriend. He plays racquetball three times a week. He's serious. I mean, this man's serious. And he put his mind to it and said, my wife is going to walk again. We're going to do, we're going to believe God. We're going to work hard. And every day they pray. Every day they have their devotion. Every day they pray for their family. Every day they do therapy, two to three hours a day for a year and a half. My mom was walking. My mom was was feeding herself. My mom was getting herself ready. My mom was walking unassisted. And then last month, she had another stroke. And instead of taking the right side of her body that she'd worked so hard to try to get back up, It took the left side of her body. My heart was broken. My heart was broken for my mom. But my heart was broken for my dad. All that work. Come on, God, can you give us a break here? My dad, 85 and working so hard. My mom keeping a positive attitude and working hard. And then now the left side? My dad brought her home Friday, a few days ago. And they're back at it, working, believing, loving. She's needing more help at this point than just my dad. I was reminded as I was thinking about this message, I was reminded one of the things that when I go over there, they have this. Yeah, I, I honest, it might be a CD player, but it might also be a cassette tape player. Okay, I don't know. They're not running Spotify. I'll just say that, all right. And they a lot of times will play some of these Gaither songs, and one of their favorite songs 
and I and, and I remember Lisa had been had showed me the song a, a few weeks ago and it was ministering to me and I'm like I've heard this song a bunch I'm like this is what my dad's been telling me that they've been listening to and this is the course for the God on the mountain is the God of the valley when things go wrong he'll make them right and the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God of the night. Church, those who are watching today online, you need to understand that the same God that saved you, that cleansed you, that forgave you, that talked to you when no one was there, was with you, comforting you, He's the same God that's with you when you're going through your most difficult days. He loves you. He loves you. He's there for you. He comforts you. The God of the day is still the same God of the night. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.